Hey, welcome to the Five Lives Podcast, a place where women share stories of hope, perseverance, challenges, and triumph while shaping and encouraging each other on their walk through life. And now, Hannah's story. Hey, y'all. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about tonight, I'm getting emotional because um, can't even talk. Because it's so real and something that I needed to go through in every season um, to get to where I am today, basically. I'm only 24, so I haven't lived a lot of my life yet. Um, but I'm obviously going through and I've been through this stuff for a reason. And the Lord has been revealing that to me in this my third little season that I'll talk to you all about. Season meaning um, just a, a time in my life where... I feel like I've grown a lot, and my world's kind of been, like, turned upside down, but um, it's just seasons can last really long, or they can last, like, you know, they can be short. But So just a time in my life, basically, where I've really sought the Lord, and I feel like He's revealed Himself and shown a lot of Himself to me. Um, So I guess I'll just give a little background. I grew up in a Christian home. Like, my parents are really solid believers and really love the Lord, and was always surrounded with um, faith in my house and um, just parents that really believed in me and really wanted to um, share God's love in my life but like she said your parents you hear this a lot but it's really true like you can only believe you can believe what your parents believe but it has to become real to you and their relationship with God is not your relationship with the Lord you have to have your own relationship with the Lord and I grew up like loving God and I really believe that I really knew what it meant to have a personal relationship with God. Probably, like, between the fourth and the sixth grade, I really realized, okay, Jesus Christ lives inside of me. Like, I love Jesus. Um, I want, you know, what he has for my life, but never really experienced serious traumatic issues at a young age yet to, I guess, have my faith or, like, my beliefs really tested. And so about eighth or ninth grade, my mom started instilling in me, this will make sense after this is not just like blabbing on. Um, my mom really instilled in me like studying the scripture verses and like studying the Bible and always having a scripture verse ready on hand whenever something hard comes into your life or whenever you feel like you're going through an attack by the enemy or because um, believe it or not, whether you know Jesus right now, there is a spiritual war going on right now between God wants you and God wants our relationship with you, but the enemy, the devil, he doesn't want you to have a relationship with God, and he doesn't even want you to know Jesus. And so she was like, okay, whenever you know you feel like there's a, a lie from the enemy or something that you don't feel like the Lord is telling you, whether it's like anxiety or worries, I mean, what do you go through when you're in the eighth grade? Self-image, which is huge today, I know that a lot. Self-image stuff you deal with, not feeling accepted, which is not what God wants for you at all. And so have a scripture verse ready to combat that and really, really started studying scripture verse to where it really got like from just knowledge up here, like, oh, Jesus loves me and I'm his child. And like, uh, I feel accepted by God to really studying it honestly until it's like seeped down into my soul. And I, I mean, it literally took a long time of just consistently in eighth grade and ninth grade, believe it or not, like 13 and 14, Opening my Bible, I had a little study scripture verse, like a little, I don't know if you had like the little blue thin book of like scripture verses that had clouds on the front. I don't know. It's like from the 80s or 90s. My mom pulled for me from her library, but it had scripture verses for like anxiety and worry and trust issues and self-image. And I, I kid you not, I would literally just take the book and like in my room and just continue to read until 
I really got the revelation. And it didn't just stay in here like God loves me, but I really knew like, oh my gosh, like God has, you know, called me for a purpose. So looking back now at 24 and going through certain instances and seasons in my life, I realized that I was setting the foundation and for future stuff that was going to happen and stuff that God knew was going to come around that he knew in eighth grade, I needed to be reading my scripture verses and I needed to be knowing what God even said about trust, which is a big thing. My mom and I are talking about this, that obviously that's the area I really need to work on because God has been year after year just, you know, hitting me with some stuff. It's good that I need to, you know, get my trust built on and stuff like that. So about ninth grade, I had a really close friend of mine growing up. Her mom passed away, and so that was probably the first time that I experienced, like, a sense of loss in my life. She was, I mean, we'd go to her house all the time, and we were best friends, and so it was really close to her family. But even then, I don't, and I was trying to think back, like, why wasn't I questioning God during that time? I don't know. I guess I just thought, okay, this is what happens in life. You experience loss, and God is still good, and you move on. And I didn't even think to just question God about it. I just took it for what it was and knew that I still loved God and that he was still had a plan for my life, and I just kept going on. And I don't know. I just didn't really think much about it until college. At the end of all of this, all of these seasons, everything I go through, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, I want the best that God has for me. And a lot of times, it's hard for me to get there because obviously you only see what you can see. It's like those horses that race, you have these blinders and you like, you can't look either way. You can only see what's in front of you. Preface all of that into my first little, not little, this is a huge one, but my first area of um, really learning what it meant to believe that God is who he says he is, which I never, like I said before, had to really question his character because I never went through something so traumatic to where I really had to, really had to question him. So sophomore year of college, I'm getting involved in a student ministry on campus, loving it, making a lot of friends. And then I started going to a local church, started getting really involved there and meeting a lot of people, getting in community groups. And there was this guy named Jordan. And it's kind of crazy looking back now because we were never best friends. We actually didn't even hang out once outside of church. But there was just something about him that struck me every single time. Like, the happiest person you'll ever met, greets you, wants to know everything about you, wants to know how your weekend was. I had only known him for like, what, it was August, like two or three months just felt really connected to him and he loved people loved God you only it's the type of people that you only hear the best of like this guy loves Jesus there's he wouldn't hurt a fly literally every single person he talked to he wanted them to know about God he wanted them to know how God worked in his life and just an exceptional guy and I remember I didn't go to church one Sunday morning and I remember like laying on my couch and um, like reading, reading something, and my brother called me. He said, Hannah, do you know Jordan? And I said, yeah, oh my God. And he said he died this morning. Jeez. And I was like, what? Like just totally caught off guard. Like he wasn't sick. Nothing was going on. And he said, yeah, he, it was a freak accident before service. He was going across the street to put a sign out, like park here, like a welcome sign. And I think a guy was on his phone like, texting or something. And 
flew off, like flew off the side of the road and just hit him and like he died instantly. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't like really wrap my head around it. And I remember my brother, like we hung up on the phone because we didn't talk very long on the phone. And I just like broke. I was a wreck. And I, I was surprised at how badly I took it, I guess, because we weren't like best friends. Like we weren't hanging out all the time. And I'd only known him for such a short amount of time. But that, just hearing that just like wrecked me. And it was the first time where I really started like questioning God about who he was and like about his goodness. Because you always hear like God's such a good God and God's a loving God, which is all true. I came to realize that. But for probably about a month solid, I would go home on the weekends and I would like go to church and like listen to the sermons and still be in like my college ministry. But it was so hard for me to like really, as I said, like enter in and really seek the Lord and open my Bible and trust God again because I was just questioning everything about him. And growing up, like when you go through hard stuff and you, I always had God to lean back on, like no matter what happened in my head, I always knew okay, God, I can trust you. Okay, God, I can come to you. Okay, God, I can seek you because at the end of the day, I know you're good. I know you love me and I know that, that you're there for me. And this is the first time where the only thing that I ever knew to be sure about my entire life, no matter what happened, I wasn't sure about. And it was really scary. And I just remember going to church and like raising my hands. But then when I would like raise my hands and try to worship God, I would still be like, but God, if you're such a good God, then why did this happen to Jordan? And just a lot of just being honest. I'm all about being honest and vulnerable and open. So I'm just kind of being real about how I felt and really what I was asking the Lord in that season. Just those main questions about if you're so good, then why? If you're just God, then why? If you love all of your children, then why did you take him? And stuff like that. And I was driving home about a month had passed and I remember it was after a Sunday morning service and I was kind of like just fed up with not feeling like I couldn't hear God not understanding why I still was questioning the Lord because in all of this I knew as much as I didn't want to go to God and as much as I didn't want to face it or um keep seeking the Lord, that's the only thing I knew what to do at the same time, if that makes any sense. I didn't want to talk to him, but I knew I needed to. And I didn't want to go to him, but I knew I needed to. And I've learned through a lot of seasons in my life that I like to close off when I'm like going through like a lot of serious stuff. I like to close off, and I also like to close off to God because I don't want to have to face, like you said, I don't want to have to face it because I just kind of want to forget about it and hope it goes away, even though it's not going to go away. Instead of being like, like literally wrestling and be like, okay, God, here's the Bible and here's what you say. Like, I'm sitting here until I get an answer from you, until I feel like I can get something from you. And so I was driving and I was listening to John Mark McMillan, who wrote How He Loves. I don't know how familiar you are with that song. And he, that song is probably like my mecca, my most favorite song ever because it's so sweet to me with like the lyrics and the season that I was in. And so I was listening to that and on my iTunes, I have the behind, like behind the lyrics, what it means about the song. And it's about one of his best friends that died in a car accident. And he kept seeking the Lord and was so angry at the Lord and questioning God. And he said, it's not this like fairy tale type of love. It's the messy love that God still loves you in your anger. 
ah, and in your questioning and will still like take you as you are, even in your like circumstances and you're questioning the Lord. And so I was listening to that and I was listening to another song by him, which I probably cannot even read through these lyrics, but um, I was driving and this another song by him came on. Um, it's like really heavy. Okay. But I remember one specific part was, um, let me see if I can even read it right now. Um, okay. But the remnants of my idols and the shadows of my shame about how they scatter like the rain and I can't stop crying because you won't stop calling my name. You're calling my name up from the ashes. And when I heard that, I like could barely even see the road. It was probably so dangerous. <laughs> I literally was like, do I need to pull over? I'm on the interstate. And I'm just like driving and not even like literally paying attention to the road because I'm just so like swept up in everything. And and I, I remember God was like, okay, like look around at you. And like when you're driving to Baton Rouge, it's like woods and trees. And he's like, I created, I created this, and I created the sun for you to look at, and I created the clouds for you, and I created these trees. Like, I really love nature, and, like, I just love, like, I love clouds. I don't know why. I just love clouds. Like, people love sunsets. I love clouds. It's so weird. (laughs) But, and, like, the sky was full of clouds, and he was like, see these clouds I created for you. In Jeremiah 1.5, which we all know this, but, like, I knew the scripture verse growing up, but to literally feel like I had it, implanted in my heart from God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I set you apart. I appointed you as prophets for the nations. Um, and I remember specifically, he was telling me, like, I know every single hair on your head, Luke 12, 7. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Um, my fingerprint, like, everyone has different fingerprints. I know your fingerprints. Like, I've called you out as my daughter. Like, and just consistently just showering his love. And if you've ever really experienced the love of God, which that was probably one of the very few times where I literally was in the car and just like incapacitated literally and just felt God enter the car. And that might sound weird, but literally like, obviously not like Victoria, like I couldn't see him sitting next to me, but like the atmosphere changed and I could literally feel like, okay, God, you're in this car and you're comforting me. And for the first time in a month of like, consistent wrestling and questioning like it was like he re-revealed himself and he re-revealed his like loving character in that way and I felt like he was like Hannah you're not going to know everything that goes on you're not going to understand everything which is really hard for me because I really like that scripture lean on on your own understanding and all that ways acknowledge him because we're not always going to under- understand everything in our own mind it's not going to happen but that's why the Bible tells us to lean not on it and to lean on God because he knows and we just have to follow that. And so that was, that was my first real time of just testing and trust and building those blocks. Like I was an eighth and ninth grader scripture verse. So when this did happen, when God really started implanting scripture while well, I moved back, so I moved back. They offered me the GM, general manager GM position. And... I accepted it, and then later I moved back here, and I was so sad because I was starting to get involved in my local church and, like, really building, like, awesome friendships, but knew I had committed, and I couldn't just tell my bosses, no, sorry, like, can't do it. They were, you know, counting on me, and so um, that was a, another time of just literally learning what it meant to take everything day by day, 
And, um, but at that time, hitting my second point, it was about Thanksgiving. I started getting, like, really sick and started getting headaches and, like, faint spells a lot and just thought I was just really stressed with, with um, work and stuff. And I told my bosses, I ended up telling them, you know, I, I can't stay here. It's, you know, I'm not happy. And they said they knew it was coming. They're like, we knew you were going to say this. We were just waiting for the time. And so they offered me just to, like, work one day a week. And they just wanted me to stay with the company, which was really, I was thankful. So I moved back home and started working there one day a week. But about January 2014, I got really sick one night, and I thought I had appendicitis, and so I was like, I rushed to the emergency room, and it wasn't appendicitis, it was an ovarian cyst rupture. Yeah, it's so painful. Oh my gosh, it's so painful. Like, that's terrible. And so the doctor was like, okay, go see your OBGYN, and so I had to go see my OB to make sure everything was okay, and she was asking me about if I've ever had stomach issues and like all this kind of stuff, you need to go see a gastroenterologist which is, has to deal with all of your, like, stomach and esophagus and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I've been healthy my whole life. Like, I'm 23 years old. Like, I'm so angry. Like, why do I have to deal with this? I'm 23 years old. Da, da 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 So went to the doctor and just literally just dealing with all, almost all of 2014, actually all of 2014, dealing with health issues and, like, tests after tests and hospital visits after hospital visits and just being so weak where... I, like, literally couldn't get from the couch but to the bathroom, and that was it, and um, had to, like, quit uh, another job that I had done, and just uh, another season of... I brought my journal because this is, like, a really sweet, sweet season of my life in 2014, but just another season of literally getting back on my face and re-relinquishing trust to God. I'm like, gosh, God, like another, like another season, like another time of, of having to go through something to trust you. Um, and I, I would call it probably like my lowest, my lowest valley. You hear like the valleys and the peaks, probably the, the lowest point of my life thus far, hopefully, you know, in, in my life. I know. Miss Brandy was like, only 24, Hannah. Um, but I know, I'm like, hey. So just a, just a really low valley, and I don't mean to be dramatic, but I literally felt like I was, like, in the army, and I was in the trenches, and I was in the mud, and, like, you could see the green pasture, and you could see the greenery, and I was, like, trying to get there, and I just couldn't, and I was just stuck. And this, it was just a time of seeking the Lord even when I didn't feel like it because when you're physically sick, it just takes everything out of you spiritually, emotionally, you don't want to do anything. You don't feel like you're close to God at all. You don't feel like, like you said, you can hear him. You don't feel like, you don't feel like anything. And it's easy just to like sit in that and just, yeah, just to get like depressed. Yeah. Get depressed and like so sad. And my best friend kept calling me and she was like, you know, are you okay? Like, cause like I said, I just would shut out. Like I didn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. I didn't like, I just would check out. Didn't want to talk to God. Like just, just, I can say so I just checked out and I didn't really care. Yeah, you can relate. And yeah, so, absolutely. yeah. You just cut yourself off. Yeah, you cut yourself off. You yeah. You don't want to yeah. associate with anything. Exactly. Yeah. And I, in the beginning, I guess I didn't realize I was doing it. I was just like so exhausted and tired because I didn't have any energy that, and then it just gradually got into that just like, just low, 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 low point. And 
I was listening to a sermon by a pastor. Let me see if I have it. I have it in here somewhere. Okay, he titles it, I was born for this. And I was reviewing my notes, and I was thinking of scripture verses of that time. And one is Jeremiah 17, 7, verse 8. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And that was like something I really stood on because you hear in the Bible, you want to build your house on a rock and not of sand. If you don't have a firm foundation, then if you build your house on a sand, then it's just going to fall apart in the hard times. And specifically reading in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And because I was thinking like, I'm in such a low valley season. There's no way I'm bearing fruit. There's no way that God is using me for anything. There, There's no way that he's even like, thinking about using me because I don't even want to deal with this and I don't even want to seek him in this. And it says right here in Jeremiah that that's not true. And so the next part is, let me see, where is it, where is it, where is it? Okay, your praise has to be your priority and not your feelings. Um, And he quotes that to tell yourself, soul, feelings, you're not going to dictate me. Psalms 34 says, I will praise at all times. And that is something that I was looking back, going over to review for this. Is That's something in 2014 that I really had to come to terms with was trusting in the Lord and not going off of my feelings. Because it's so easy for me to only, like I said, like with the horse, to only see what I see and to only praise and seek God from what I'm feeling instead of, it doesn't matter what you're feeling, it doesn't matter what you're going through, I'm going to seek God because God, you're good and you're going to pull me out of this, even though I can't even see that you're going to pull me out of this. And I don't even... No, if I know deep down you're going to pull me out of this. But like I said in 8th and ninth grade, laying the foundation, I'm going to keep reading the scripture verses and keep seeking you, even if I don't see it and even if I don't want to, because this is what your word says, and your word has never returned void, and it's never not been true. And so, let me see. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. Um, that was a big one. And then it's funny that you played that song. I don't know. I was like, I don't know if she played this because it has the word trust in it or what. But in 2014, that was like my anthem of a song, It Is Well With My Soul, because it was not well with my soul <laughs> in 2014. But I kept praying, Lord, it is well with my soul because you say it is well with my soul and literally play that song over and over. And those same lyrics that you said, even the wind and the waves still know your name. And I was like, okay, God, like... The scripture verse that says, um, do not worry because what, like, about the, I, like, even dress the field, or what is it? Don't worry about um, the lilies of the, yeah, the lilies of the field, like, all that stuff. Yeah. So, that was crazy to play that, and you started, and I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding. Um, okay, so let's see. I have a quote from... A guy named Buddy Owens, which it's called Growing Through the Desert Part 2. And he says, the question remains, what am I supposed to do when I'm in the desert? I believe we find the answer in Isaiah 40. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. 
The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places the plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And he says, what are we supposed to do in the desert? Make way for the Lord. But why? Because he's coming to meet you there. God is not waiting for you on the other side of your troubles. He is coming to meet you in the middle of your desert experience, and he will infuse his presence into your situation, but you have to prepare the way for him. And that is something that I am, I am still learning in this season is still preparing the way for the Lord because it's so easy to think, like he said, that God's not waiting for you when you have everything together on the other side. He's not just leaving you in the desert in your low valley thinking like, okay, when everything's get better, like I'm going to come, like I'll help you all, like I'll come talk to you. You know, that's not the way God works. And Beth Moore, which we love Beth Moore, which we're studying, we're doing her study right now. This was amazing. I, my mom told me this today. She said, through countless ups and downs, Paul learned he could do everything God told him to do, but only through Christ who gives me strength. Through the multitude of needs, Paul encountered, and he learned that God will meet all your needs in Christ Jesus. This is what I love. I believe Paul considered reliance on God a secret because everyone has to discover it for themselves, which was so accurate in my life. I can tell you that God will meet your every need, and I can say that you can do all things through Christ, but until you find out for yourself, it's still a secret. I can tell you, but he can show you. Let him. He is so faithful. Contentment is a rare gem because Paul ceased letting thieves steal his contentment. His testimony was powerful. Even many who belonged to Caesar's household were compelled to know Christ. My guess is because Paul had a secret they all wanted to know. And I love that because that was really true in my life. Like what you talked about, like even if my dad was a pope, I still had to have a relationship. Like, yeah, with the Lord. But it's true. Like my mom can tell me all that she wants. Like, oh, God loves you and God has a plan for you. I can tell you all, like all I want tonight. That if you just seek the Lord and trust in the Lord, you know, that he'll answer you. But until it really like becomes a revelation to you and until God really reveals that to you, um, I can say it all I want, but he will reveal it to you if you allow him. And if, like this guy said, if you make a way for him in the desert. And so the last little third one is something that I'm going through as we speak. So this is still a learning process for me. Um, Just going through some crazy stuff that I would have never thought would have happened to me. And uh, God is working through it and, you know, using it for him. But... A couple months ago, just some, I'm not really going to go into detail, too much detail, but just some crazy stuff with like a, a third party was happening and like stalker issues and just like weird stuff and I don't know, just weird stuff was going on. And um, But it, that doesn't really matter because it all comes back to like trusting in the Lord. And let's see, it happened in, it happened in April. Um, I guess I can go into a little detail because y'all probably, it's probably hard to follow. Um just this guy I don't really know, found me on Facebook. He's a friend of the family and um, just started sending me stuff through Facebook. Don't really know him, so blocked him. Didn't really think it was anything. Somehow got my address, showed up at my house twice. Um, once, in the, yeah, once in the afternoon and like once at like 3.30 in the morning. Um, and so it's just something that I was like, I, none of my friends have ever dealt with this. Like, I don't even know like what's going on. And 
uh, just a lot of fear like came over me and a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry. And then whoop, there went trust out the window. Like everything I feel like I've been like working up to just flew out the window. I didn't even consider trusting in God because all I was worried about was literally fear and anxieties and, and worries. And again, felt like I couldn't hear God's voice in this. Like, why is this happening to me? Uh, what is going on? I don't even know this guy. Like all this kind of stuff. And excuse me, for about a month again, I am trying to seek the Lord. And at this point, I am like begging God. I remember I went to physical therapy on Thursday. Wednesday night, I live streamed service. And I think, did I tell you that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, was live streaming service and was literally like just all on my hands and knees, like begging God, like, please, like, let me hear your voice. Like, please just, you know, take this fear and anxiety out of me and let me continue to trust in you that you'll keep me safe. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, that, um, that you are God and you are still good. And I, so I got a little bit of a breakthrough, but I'm driving to physical therapy on Thursday morning. And again, I'm like, love gospel music. If you know me, I'm like obsessed with gospel music, like obsessed with black people. I love them. And so <laughs> I was listening to this lady, LaShonda or something, <laughs> singing the song, Great I Am. And I was like, blaring it in my car. And again, I was seeking the Lord, even though I feel like I couldn't feel him and hear his voice because I knew that's the only thing that I knew to do. That's the only thing I could do. And I was driving underneath the bridge, like getting into Lakeview, and I had both hands on the wheel. And I felt like God was like, okay, you really want me to speak? Like, you better ready. You better ready because I'm about to talk. Like, you better listen. And he was like, open one hand. <laughs> so I'm driving. And I'm like, all these things sound so dangerous when I'm driving. Thank God for his protection. So I'm like, have one hand open, one hand on the wheel. And um, in college, I'd always heard, lay it on my altar, Hannah. Like, Hannah, just lay that on God's altar. Just give it to God. Like, you know, give it to him. And I was like, I'm trying. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if I'm doing it right. Like, laying it on the altar. Like, what is that even supposed to look like? Like, I keep giving it to you, God, but I feel like I still have it. Like, all this stuff. And so... He was like, okay, so so open one hand, and he was like, and he said, okay, now give it give it up to me, and literally lay it on the altar, and the altar of death, so he can just get rid of it, so I don't have to deal with it anymore. And I was like, okay, God, okay, like I'm trusting in you, okay, and I'm like going through scripture verse, and my scripture verse in this season has been. Matthew eleven thirty. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I never really understood my yoke is easy. I understood my burden is light. Okay, God, your burden is light, so I can cast my burden on you. But the yoke part I didn't understand until, which is a great visual. I'm a visual learner. Um, I do visuals with like fashion, so it makes sense. But my mom said, okay, so the camels or like the oxen or whatever, they carry, they carry like the hay and the, the barrel or whatever they carry, I don't know, just a bunch of stuff. And whatever the piece of equipment is from their neck to like, say like, this is like the yoke, then this is their neck from here to here is called the yoke. And the reason why they're weighed down so much is because the yoke is so heavy carrying the burden on their back. Yeah, right? Because I'm reading the new version. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, what does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. And so that was a light bulb to me when God says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it literally, in the moment of the car, I just felt this lift and this release. 
and just him revealing the scripture verse again. And I'll tell you what, we went, we went to outcry and God, I was still dealing with like the fear creeping up with this issue again. And Carrie Jo, this singer, she gets on the microphone. Yeah. And she's like, I feel like there's people in here that they need to like retrust the Lord. Remember that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I was like, it's like yes yes god yes and so it's been really sweet different instances someone will someone will tell us to me or i'll hear it through that but just in the moment of the car just hannah release this to me give this to me like literally had a visual of just putting it on god's god's carriage or whatever and like his burden is light so I don't have to keep carrying it because I do that a lot I carry a lot of stuff on me because for some reason I just I don't know if I don't remember or I don't think about it I don't ever think that like God can carry everything even though he can't it's so easy just for me to be like okay like I'm just going to keep carrying this until I can't carry it anymore and so that scripture verse was awesome and I lost my train of thought but he's he said yeah carry da, da, da. I don't know I'll probably come back to it. But so that was just a big, big uh, revelation to me in another trust area. And so that's something that I'm dealing with currently is some days it's really great. I'm doing well. And some other days I'm still back into the like the fear and the anxiety. But I keep having to remember I have a little like a little like notebook paper that I have with me in my car. And like I'm quoting scriptures every morning. Like, no, if I'm praying against me, shall prosper. Um, I'll live in the... Um, I'll live in the land of the living. living. Yeah. Um, uh, Let me see. Isaiah, like, 54, about, like, my enemies won't touch me and all this kind of stuff. And so just, again, getting back to the basics of where I was in the 8th and ninth grade, getting scripture verses with dealing with whatever I'm going through. And literally, I'm reliving 8th and ninth grade where I'm rereading scripture verses until it's seeping from my head into my heart until I really get the revelation that everything that God says in his word is who he says he is and that he will still come through like he has every single time in the past. And something that I just encourage all to do, if you journal or maybe if you don't journal, I used to hate journaling. So my mentor in college really encouraged me to journal. And in every season, I have been able to go back. Like some of this in here is from, uh, like one from 2011, 2012, but I've been able to go back and reread like the revelations that God's given me or like the words he's given me and have seen in every scenario and instance of my life how he's been faithful. So when I'm in those really, really low, low valleys where in that moment I can't see the faithfulness of God, I can go back and remember, okay, God, you've been faithful then. You're not going to not be faithful now. You're not going to not come through now. And I think, yeah, I think that's really it. Thanks for listening to the Five Lives podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at fivelives.org. This has been a production of Five Lives Ministries. Any attempt to sell, distribute, or reproduce this content without the express written permission from Five Lives and its speakers is prohibited by law.